0: In this episode, I'm going to talk about why you should try to make the most of a bad situation. And just to be clear, I'm not saying that you should settle or put up with something really bad. I'm dealing with that a little bit myself. We are in the middle of a snowstorm. We've lost power and internet. And I'm doing the best that I can to record this podcast and get it out to you. This is Invincible Career, and I'm Larry Cornett. By the way, there's only a few days left in my holiday special offer. I don't know if you are a reader of my newsletter. You heard me talk about it in the last podcast episode, but I'm offering 50% off. This is only for three more days, two more days, but it basically gives you access to my weekly professional development challenges, my private career community, and uh, weekly office hours for 50% off for a year. So check it out. The link is in the newsletter, How to Make the Most of a Bad Situation, issue 341. Go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com. So I want to start this out with a quote from Viktor Frankl. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. To choose one's own way. So I've been writing my newsletter today. I've been trying to record this podcast. Sitting uh, mostly in the dark. I have the hum of my portable generator outside. Trying to power a few things. To keep uh, my fridge going and a, and a few lights on. But we don't have much. We lost all of our power and our internet a couple of days ago in a big snowstorm. And pretty much looks like we're not going to have it back until maybe next week. So another five to seven days, most likely. We've had a record amount of snow for the month of December. I'm close uh, to Lake Tahoe, if you don't know, up in the Sierra Nevada mountains. So all this heavy snow is snapping branches. It's bringing trees down. It took out a lot of the power lines. I think there's something like 60,000 people without power right now. But we're doing our best to make the most of this situation. It's cold. It's dark. (laughs) But we're at least able to keep a fire going. And we knew this was coming. So we stocked up on food and drink and got everything before the, uh, the storm hit. Got a lot of gasoline for the generator, so we're ready to go. And thought we might need it, and yeah, we do. We've been lighting candles at night. We've been reading physical books. So, uh yeah, believe it or not, breaking out a paper book. And I had forgotten what a joy it is to sit by a warm fire with a hot drink and read a good book. I uh, can't really use my laptop, we have no internet. My phone has a weak connection, but the data connection's not great. Um, So I'm going to see if I can publish this. We'll find out. (laughs) I'm going to find out if I can actually get it uploaded or if the file's too big. So uh, we'll see. But, you know, complaining about the snow, complaining about the power outage, it accomplishes nothing. You know, none of the anger that people are feeling is going to melt the snow on the road. Being frustrated and shouting online is not going to force uh, Pacific Gas and Electric, we call it PG&E here, to work any faster to restore our power. It is what it is. We have no choice but to make the best of it, right? And it's been interesting because the constraints and the limitations of this more primitive environment, going back to candlelight and basic heat, uh, it's helped me reconnect with two things that have always been near and dear to my heart, and it's reading and writing. And yeah, I do read every day, but it's not it's not the same. I read fragments of articles. I read bits of research. I have 50 tabs open in my window, my browser window. You know, I read a few paragraphs from books. It's mostly squeezed into the time that I have between Working, meeting with clients, running my community, doing all the marketing, being active on social media, you know, tons of daily distractions. And you know how it is. We're multitasking. And when do you get a chance to just sit down and read and not feel guilty about it? But for the past two days, I've been devouring hundreds of pages for hours at a time because there really isn't much else I can do in the storm, especially when the sun goes down. You know, I feel like a a farmer. The sun goes down at 5.30, and it's like, well, that's it. Candlelight, fire, try to stay warm. I've been reading uh, a book called The Bradbury Chronicles. It's The Life of Ray Bradbury by Sam Weller. And Ray Bradbury was... Definitely one of my favorite authors, if not my top author, when I was a kid, when I was growing up. But I hadn't really read a lot about him. This is a biography. It's it's quite excellent if you haven't read it and if you care about (laughs) Ray Bradbury. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But reading about his creative process and his journey from childhood to being one of the one of the most well-known authors in the world has reawakened my desire to write and publish fiction. And I write a lot of nonfiction, as you know, my articles and the stuff I publish in the newsletter and on medium, and things like that. And the books I have in, in progress, it's a, it's pretty much all nonfiction, but I've always wanted to write fiction and running my business has It's given me a deeper sense of purpose for the past 11 plus years than I ever experienced as an employee when I worked for someone else, you know, working on someone else's business or dream, if you want to call it that. (laughs) But how could I feel that my work had any meaning? What we were essentially asked to do was to drive more clicks on ads. We wanted to make the company more money. I mean, wow. What an amazing contribution to humanity, going to sleep at night saying, wow, I helped people click ads. So I've, I've been feeling this itch to have more significant meaning in my life beyond the business. I mean, I love the business. I enjoy running it. I love helping people, but I want to have a more lasting impact in the world. I mean, that's what I wanted as a child too. I want to create something that will survive long after I've left this world. And that doesn't happen with your job or your business. Not usually. So I've decided to dust off some old book drafts. They go back many, many years. And finish something and just publish it next year. Just get it done. I I just, I don't know. It's that perfectionism, hating What I've written and not feeling like it's ever good enough. But when I read about Ray Bradbury and his writing process, I feel lazy. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but during his entire career, he would write and submit a story, a short story every single week, every single week. And he didn't accept rejection. He said that he was rejected probably 300 to 400 times by the New Yorker before. I mean, he had one story accepted by the magazine. That was it. So three to 400 rejections of Ray Bradbury. He wrote the first draft of The Fireman. It was a kind of a short novel in just nine days. He did it on a rented typewriter. He had to pay like a dime for 30 minutes of typing (laughs) in the basement of UCLA's Powell Library. And then later they wanted him to expand it to create a longer book. And so he spent just nine more days expanding the story to create Fahrenheit 451. And if you know nothing about Ray Bradbury, you've probably heard of Fahrenheit 451. Pretty much every school child has been asked to read that either in junior high or high school. The book has never gone out of print. It has sold more than 10 million copies worldwide. And I know I'll never achieve the success of Ray Bradbury. No way. I mean, he was already publishing in his twenties. I'm in my fifties. It's not going to happen, but that's not why I want to publish my books. I'm simply trying to keep a promise that I made to myself very, very long ago. I was a young boy who wanted to be a writer. And so perhaps the meaning that will drive me forward for the rest of my life will be fulfilling that dream. So I want to ask you about meaning versus happiness. Just a question to think about. Would you rather have a happy life or a meaningful one? And if you think about it, what do you believe gives your life meaning? You can be happy when you only live in the moment. You know, pursuing pleasure does bring you fleeting joy. But like all emotions... Peaks of happiness and joy are brief. They fade. They don't last forever. You know that. Also, living that way, it opens you up to sadness, to anger, and to frustration when your pursuit of happiness is thwarted. And trust me, you are not in control of the world. You're not in control of the environment. No one is. You are not in control of the people around you. Things will go sideways at some point, and it's going to interfere with your daily pleasures, whatever it is you're trying to do, and how are you going to react? If hedonism is your guiding northern star, you're going to be really unhappy when the going gets rough. There's another quote from Viktor Frankl. It is the very pursuit of happiness that thwarts happiness. However, If a larger purpose guides you, you'll find a way forward. You always do. When something is really meaningful, you'll go through a brick wall. If you pursue a long-term goal or maybe it's a lifelong goal, a temporary setback doesn't derail you. If you're not familiar with Viktor Frankl, he's a Holocaust survivor. And uh, he wrote about his experiences and he realized that the difference between those who survived and those who died came down to one thing, meaning. People who found meaning, even in this worst of situations, were more resilient. Having a purpose gives you the drive to continue you feel that you must push through, you must push forward because your life's work isn't done yet. I want to talk a little bit about finding your purpose. So I talk about this a decent amount. I've written about it. I've created a course about it. And when I talk about finding your purpose, I typically encounter four types of people. One group already has a purpose, and they're spending time every day in some way pursuing it. It's either what they do for a living, or they find a way to dedicate time to it. They volunteer. Whatever it is, they know they have a purpose. They know what it is, and they are pursuing it. Another group acutely feels the need for a purpose. They want it, but they just haven't uncovered it yet. Many of the people who reach out to me for my help tend to fall into this group. They want to discover their purpose, and they want to find a way to redesign their working life around it. The third group can't be bothered with it. They're just simply struggling to survive. They're trying to get by. They have no time for lofty thoughts of purpose and pursuing meaning. But in that case, I would argue that survival is their purpose, at least for the time being. It's kind of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You have to satisfy the bottom of the pyramid, food, shelter, warmth, safety, love. You can't go to the top Of purpose and meaning and self-actualization. And if you're not surviving, you have to survive. So I'm not surprised that some of these people just don't care about that whole thought of purpose. But there is a final group that also kind of shrugs off the notion of having purpose. And they think it's silly. They think it's kind of stupid. They're chasing success. They're accumulating wealth. And that's what they care about. They don't think they need a larger purpose or some kind of meaning in their lives. And as you can imagine, I don't tend to work with these people very often. I've also noticed that my writing doesn't tend to resonate with them either. They don't care about what I'm trying to say. Another Viktor Frankl quote, those who have a why to live can bear with almost any how. So how about you? you're listening to this, have you found your purpose yet? And if not, do you want to? Do you care? Is the pursuit of meaning important to you? Have you ever thought about finding your calling? And I've talked about that before where I think trying to follow what you would call a calling is more important than trying to follow a passion. Passion will mislead you. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, I have created a course. It's called Finding Your Purpose and Calling. I put a link to that in the newsletter. Go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com. Check it out. See if you think it can help you if you're interested in that pursuit. Uh, The price will go up next year, which is right around the corner. So if you're interested, get it now. I should point out that I don't think you should feel overwhelmed by some prospect of finding an earth-shattering life's purpose. That's not what this is about. Not everyone is meant to cure cancer. We, we can't all work to eliminate world hunger. Those are worthy causes. It's an important purpose, but not every single person on this planet can dedicate their life to that. Also, your purpose can change. Something can serve you well and motivate you for years. But at some point, you might feel like you've either achieved what you wanted or that it's no longer driving you. It doesn't motivate you anymore. It's not uncommon. It happens. All that means is that it's time to figure out your next purpose and to dedicate yourself to that. So I want to talk a little bit about meaning. I mean, purpose and meaning are very intertwined. When you have a purpose, no moment feels wasted. You know, I was reading about Ray Bradbury, and he had times that he couldn't write, even though he had that crazy work ethic and schedule. There were times that he just physically could not write, or capture his drafts on his typewriter. You know, if he was in a cab ride or on a long bus ride, and he did a lot of that because he never drove, never got a driver's license. I don't think he ever owned a car, and he never flew on planes. But when that happened, he wrote stories in his head. So even those moments were productive. They were dedicated to his purpose, and his purpose was to become one of the best writers in the world to be famous. He liked, and he admitted that he liked the attention. He wanted the fame. Wasn't really driven by fortune, although he ended up becoming quite wealthy at the end. He wanted to get all of these thousands of ideas and stories out of his head. And the same is true when you have a purpose that is larger than the work you do for an employer. It gives your life meaning, even when you might feel like you're wasting your time at work. It becomes a consistent thread in your life that you follow forward, much like a lifeline. And I know that feeling. I've had some terrible jobs. I've had pointless jobs. I've worked for horrible bosses who made me dread going to work every day. But even in those times, I had my eye on something larger and more meaningful. In those cases, my job was just a means to an end. It paid the bills. It paid the bills. It paid my rent, bought me groceries while I was pursuing my dreams. And so I used every free minute and the mindless moments, and there were many, while I was at work, to read, to study, and to write. Sometimes I had to do it in my head, like Bradbury did. I often work with clients who feel trapped in a job that is draining their souls. When we first start talking, they're often feeling down and dejected. They sound hopeless. However, we take that essential first step of giving them a larger purpose beyond that job. We create a vision of their future that gives them hope. They have hope again. They can see a light at the end of the tunnel And they realize that this unpleasant moment in time is temporary. It will get better. They will do something more meaningful with their life. So we start crafting a plan to help them escape that job and pursue work that has purpose. Having that vision and a mission, creating goals and a plan It changes everything. Their attitude turns around. They have hope again. They're happy again. Because now they see that they have a larger purpose and their efforts have meaning. Another quote from Viktor Frankl, When we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. And that's what you have to do. You have to take action against things that you have power over. They begin seeing opportunities even in the job they can't stand. And again, they're not settling. I'm never asking people to settle and put up with a crappy job and a horrible boss. They know they're going to leave. They still know they're going to quit. But now it's on their own schedule. And they have a plan for making the most of a bad situation to get what they need out of it until it is time to quit. They use their last few weeks or months, or maybe it's a year. Sometimes people want to vest. I get it. We got to get them to a vesting date. So they use that time to acquire more knowledge that they know they're going to need for their next move. Useful skills. Maybe there's a gap. There's something they need to be attractive to a new employer to step up and take on more valuable experiences, to put on their resume, to create powerful connections, to build that network, connect with people inside the company, outside the company, and you know, quite pragmatically to build a larger financial cushion. Because if it does get to the point that they're like, okay, I have to quit. I cannot take it anymore. You need a financial cushion to carry you to the next job. So what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that you have to rise above temporary bad circumstances. There will always be setbacks in life. The road to long-term success is bumpy and it's littered with roadblocks. You've probably already encountered that. But you can't let temporary circumstances bring you down. You can't let a negative situation stop you from pursuing your dreams. When your life has more significant meaning than just receiving a 9-to-5 paycheck, you know bad times will pass. You may even weave a silver lining out of those unpleasant moments, just as Bradbury did when he turned traumatic memories, and he had several. His life was not easy turn those into stories. He turned all of that into these amazing stories that people just couldn't stop reading. You are more important than an employer who treats you like a little cog in their machine. Your life's purpose is larger than any single job. Rise above it all. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you would like to follow upcoming releases of the show, please subscribe. And as always, I appreciate your ratings and reviews. Thank you. If you would like to learn more about Invincible Career and the podcast, you can visit InvincibleCareer.com. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life.